Max Locato writes, when grace moves in, guilt moves out. Guilt and shame are important and yet terrifying emotions. And I want you to know today you can receive the grace of Jesus Christ and because of that be set free from the burden of shame and guilt. Welcome to the Valley View Friends Church Podcast. This is Pastor Josh. I want to thank you for tuning in. I am so glad to share this little bit of time with you today. I want you to find victory in life in Jesus Christ. And at Valley View Friends Church, we like to say that we're learning how to live as God's people, reaching and restoring hearts and homes with Jesus. I want to encourage you to look us up on the web at valleyviewfriendschurch.org. These podcasts are posted on our church website, so you can find them there, and you can subscribe to always get the next podcast. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. There was a new pastor in town, and he was visiting the homes of his uh, different church members, and at one house that he wanted to visit, it seemed obvious that someone was at home, but no answer came to his repeated knocks at the door. Therefore, um, he took out a business card, and he wrote Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 on the back of it and stuck it in the door. Now, on the following Sunday, when the offering was being gone through, he found that his business card had been returned, and added to it was a cryptic message, Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. So he reached for his Bible to check out the citation, and then he just started laughing and laughing. Now, for those of you who don't know, Revelation 3.20 reads like this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But Revelation 3.10 reads, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. (laughs) Shame is a universal emotion. Shame is knowing that we can be seen. Sometimes being seen is very unwelcome. Today in this series on holy emotions, as we bring it to a close, um, we're going to talk about the emotions of guilt and shame. And yeah, all the emotions that we are given are gifts from God, even the ones we don't like. As I said, guilt and shame, I don't think anybody really likes that. Uh, We've already talked about anger, we've talked about grief, we've talked about fear. They're gifts from God. They do serve a purpose. If you let them dominate you, they will bar the way between you and God. But when they're treated, when they are treated as God intended, they will lead you into the presence of God, and they'll help you draw nearer and nearer to Him. So today, as I've already mentioned, I want to talk about two words and close out our series: guilt and shame. You must be wary of guilt and shame, probably more than any other emotion. They have the power to drive you away from God and away from the people you love, but they also can alert you to the need to repair your relationship before it's too late. When we talk about these two words, I want to actually start with a word from the Lord that is victory over guilt and shame. Every one of us has felt that emotion, guilt, felt shame, but Jesus has made it so that we do not have to live under their power anymore. So I want us to hear that right off the bat, because I know guilt and shame can be very heavy. I want to start with victory. We're going to read Romans uh, the book from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and it reads like this, Therefore, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit 
who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, I know that is a very complex passage of scripture. It's highly compressed and it's not easy to unpack. Um, but fortunately, the first verse is the one you need to remember if you are burdened with guilt and shame. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That verse is your victory over sin, and it's your victory over guilt and shame and their ability to rule in your life. This text says a lot, all of Romans 1 through 4. We're not going to unpack it all, but we need to stand on the victory. The text tells us that it is the power of God, not ours, but the power of God. And it's the power of God through Jesus Christ, the Son, by the law of the Spirit, that we are set free. Guilt from sin is very real. Everyone has this guilt because we all have sin in our lives. But Jesus has taken that guilt and he's paid the price for your sins. That's what the text is telling us. He has made that one and final sacrifice, that one and final offering for our sins. The debt is settled. And if you will believe that Jesus died on the cross and was raised for you, that he paid the price for your sins, if you will declare him to be Lord over your life, then you are free, you are released, your guilt and your shame are taken care of. Now, that doesn't mean that guilt and shame won't try to creep back in. That doesn't mean that false guilt and false shame won't be placed on on you by outsiders, but the guilt and the shame that matters in life will be taken care of. Now, I want to talk with you at length about the emotions of guilt and shame, but you need to start with the victory. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Know that there's victory. But then we need to talk about guilt and shame because they have a purpose. And the purpose is to let us know that there is a problem. Sin. Sin from breaking God's law. And Jesus, the victory is, is that he's taken care of that problem. Any other guilt or shame, you need to heed it carefully, but you need to be wary. Because the guilt and the shame that matters is the one that comes from sin. Guilt and shame are a part of every person's life. Some of that guilt is earned because we all are sinners. Some of that guilt, some of that shame is warranted because we're all sinners. But for many of us, guilt and shame have become a heavy burden. Either you have lived with these feelings for a long time, or you've had someone pour on the feelings of guilt and shame upon you, or both, and it becomes a struggle. Irma Bombeck writes this little line, guilt, it's the gift that keeps on giving, and maybe you feel that way today. 
So let's talk a little bit about what guilt and shame are. There's a little story. A scene. The scene is a San Diego Superior Court, and there's two men who are on trial for armed robbery. An eyewitness took the stand, and the prosecutor moved carefully and said, So you say that you were there at the scene when the robbery took place? Well, yes, I was. And you saw the vehicle leave at a high rate of speed? Well, yes, I did. And did you observe the occupants? Well, yes, there were two men. And the prosecutor then asked the question with a lot of emotion, Are those the two men? Are those two men present in court today? And strangely enough, at that moment, I think it must have been because the prosecutor just asked so emphatically, the two defendants, they sealed their fate because they answered his question for him by raising their hands. Yeah, we're here. They were guilty. Guilt and shame are important God-given emotions, but to let them function appropriately, we need to understand what they really are. Guilt is this. Guilt results when a wrong is done, and that wrong is one that is worthy of punishment. Says, yeah, I did a real wrong and it needs to be paid for. Shame's a little trickier. Shame follows along with guilt. Shame says this a wrong is done and now I feel changed. I'm unable to get back to the way things were before. Both are very uncomfortable feelings. Most of us try to avoid guilt and shame, we even hide from them. This is literally what happened in the beginning with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They were guilty of sin. They felt shame. They were changed because of their sin. And this resulted in feeling like they needed to hide. So, if guilt is there's a real wrong and it's worthy of punishment, that's what it comes from. And shame is the feeling like, ah, now I can be seen by it. I'm, I'm in change. I can't get back. What's so good about these? What, is there a positive side? Yeah. Guilt and shame serve a purpose. They awaken us to our sin. Guilt makes us aware of the problem. Guilt says, I've done something wrong. And shame, when it's healthy, says, you know what? There's no hiding this. Shame says, yeah, you are different now. Something's wrong, and others can see it, and this should get dealt with. That's the healthy part of guilt and shame, because it says there's something that's wrong, you've done something wrong, and things are different now, people can see. And the healthy part is says, we need to do something about it to make it right. When you let guilt and shame function properly, they'll identify problems. Several writers, as I was reading about guilt and shame, described it like, well, they described guilt and shame like a check engine light on the dashboard of a car. Now, some people, when they see that light, they immediately want to know what's wrong. Oh, what am I being warned about? Is there a problem with the engine? Sometimes it's a big problem that the light warns us about. Sometimes it's small. Either way, the check engine light is trying to tell you something. Hey, alert, something's not the way it usually is. Other people, when they see the check engine light, they go, oh, boy, this is an inconvenience. I don't have time to deal with this right now. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Then they might say, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. We'll get to it later and later and later. I've even heard of people who will take uh, electrical tape and cover that light up so they can't see it anymore. And they just keep on driving. They ignore it. 
The check engine light on a car is there to tell you to get things checked out. When it lights up, go get it checked out. Maybe it's a big deal. Maybe it's something small. But ignoring that light can allow a small problem to become something major. And ignoring shame and guilt will only make things worse. The most important message of guilt and shame is that they tell us we've got a problem. And that problem is always about a relationship. A relationship that we have with God, with others, maybe even ourselves. One writer says, guilt tells us when we have failed to love the way God wants us to. When you think of the greatest commandments of the Bible, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answers with the greatest commandment, and the next one is like it. He says, love the Lord your God, paraphrasing, and love your neighbor as yourself. So guilt and shame are telling us, you know, you've messed up in love. You've broken God's commandments. You're not loving him the way you should. You're not caring about your neighbor the way you should. You've broken the law of God. Guilt and shame can be very healthy when they cause us to check our relationship with God and with others to make sure the relationship is good and loving and biblical. That's what we need guilt and shame to do. When we feel it, we go, oh, maybe there's something wrong. And we go to the Father. We say, Lord, why is the light come on? Did I do something? Help me out here. But there's a dangerous side to guilt and shame. Let's talk about that now. There is a story about a Girl Scout who sold thousands of boxes of Girl Scout cookies. She began to get publicity for all the boxes sold. They just couldn't believe, how are you doing this? How are you selling this many? How are you able to be so successful at selling so many cookies? And the girl said, well, it's actually quite easy. You just have to look people right in the eye and make them feel guilty. Then they'll buy cookies. It works every single time. Yeah, sometimes guilt can be misapplied. That's the trick of guilt and shame. Because sometimes you can be guilty and not feel guilty. I want to say that again. Sometimes you can be guilty and not feel guilty. That's dangerous. And sometimes you can feel guilty and not be guilty. Yeah. She's looking me in the eye. I got to buy the cookies. I feel bad. Yeah, you can feel guilty, but not actually be guilty. And so then guilt becomes this thing. We got to figure out how to navigate. You can trick yourself into thinking you're guilty when you're not. Or that you should be ashamed when you have no reason to. What's worse is there are people around you who will make you feel guilty when you shouldn't feel that way. I'll say this to anybody who has been manipulated by another with guilt and shame. It's an abomination when the clo- those who are closest to you manipulate you with guilt or shame. Beware of anyone, however dear to you or well-meaning, who tries to coerce you tries to manipulate you or devalue or demean you with guilt and shame. It just should not be done. Shame does have a role, but be careful. There's a story of uh, shaming some sorority girls. Uh, They were caught on camera taking selfies during an Arizona Diamondbacks baseball game. The television announcers uh, were scanning around the stadium during a slow time in the inning, and they bemoaned, 
Oh, wow. Look at them. Every girl there is locked on their phone. Good grief. Welcome to parenting in 2015. They're, they're all just completely transfixed by the technology. And the announcers continued to, to mock these girls taking selfies at the baseball game. Look, they're taking a selfie with a hot dog, selfie with a churro, selfie just of a selfie. The announcers concluded, help us, please. Somebody help us. Can we do an intervention Online, on the internet, condemnation of the girls also came very quickly. They must have the combined IQ of a burnt tater tot. Why are they taking all these selfies instead of enjoying the game? Afterwards, it was discovered that the Diamondback Stadium announcer had just asked the crowd to take selfies as a part of a contest and promotion. Ouch. That's a sort of shaming that is dangerous because it doesn't have all the facts. Oh, we look and we assume oh, they don't care. They're just so into themselves. Really, there's some more information to have. I know that shaming is a term that has fallen out of favor in our society today for some good reasons. But some would say it is sinful to make anyone feel ashamed about anything. Huh. Probably a good rule of thumb for a lot of things, but don't forget that shame has a function. It's a warning signal. Check yourself. There might be a problem with one of your relationships. Shame is good when it draws you into healthy relationships with yourself, with God, and others. But a lot of times we have shame and guilt thrown upon us, and we've got to be careful. It shouldn't be a burden. It shouldn't be something we have to live with. It shouldn't weigh us down continually. I want to remind you that each one of us have an enemy. The Bible has named him, and that name that's given is Satan. I would like to just point out that that name, Satan, is a Hebrew word. That it's actually a Hebrew word that means accuser. So when it says Satan, it says it really means the accuser, the one who declares, the one who points out our flaws. Satan wants to use guilt and use shame to drive you farther and farther from God and from others and even from yourself. And that, when that happens, when your guilt and your shame drive you away, that's dangerous. That's a bad side of guilt and shame. Edward Welch writes these words, Guilt is an excellent warning light that says something is wrong. Yet when it persists for too long, it provides fuel for Satan's lies and strangulates spiritual growth. Beware of anyone who would apply guilt and shame to you. It can be for good. When you feel it at first, ask yourself, is there something wrong? But if it keeps going, it can be very unhealthy, especially if we are trying to make things right. If you keep feeling guilt and shame and you're continuing to go into sin, well, then you've probably earned it. But if you're trying to deal with it, if you have victory in Christ and you feel guilt and shame, know then that you are on the dangerous side of it. Beware. Not only do we have an adversary who's going to accuse us. There are also all kinds of unhealthy reactions that we can have towards guilt and shame. I'd warn you of those. Perhaps that's all we really need to know. You're going to feel guilt and shame. Every one of us will. And the question is, is how will you react? 
to those emotions, guilt and shame? Are you going to react in a healthy way or a negative way? Are you going to react and say, hey, you know what? I shouldn't have done that and there's consequences and now I want to seek and have things made right. That's a good, healthy reaction. And ultimately, things will be made right through the power of Jesus Christ. Bad guilt and shame says, hey, you know what? I hate myself and I want to be invisible and I'm going to hide. Any sort of denial, escapism, anger, blame, moving away from others or concealing, that's an unhealthy reaction to guilt and shame. When we choose to hide our guilt rather than deal with it, shame steps in and deepens our sense that we have something to hide. It creates a cycle that the hiding uh, just grows our sense of guilt and shame. So please do not respond that way. Real guilt, good guilt and shame is from objective moral failing. That's important to know. In fact, that's probably the most one of the most important things to know. Real guilt and shame is from objective moral failing. And it only has one source that it comes from, breaking God's law. That's where real guilt and shame should come from. All the other guilt and shame, especially counterfeit bad guilt and shame, comes from a perceived moral failing. Not objective, but perceived. I think I might have. And usually it comes from, from somewhere outside of God's law, like breaking a cultural expectation, a family value, or others' expectations. You know, you maybe you're in a family that says, you know, we only get A's for grades in our family, and you mess up. That's a family expectation that has nothing to do with God's law. The guilt or shame you feel from that, it's not healthy. Maybe your family says, hey, everyone here goes to college. Everyone in our family, we never quit anything. In our family, we always stick up for each other no matter what, even if someone in our family has done something bad. There can be cultural or family expectations that cause unhealthy guilt and shame because they have nothing to do with God's law. It can happen in the workplace, a cultural or a, a local expectation. You might have a coworker who expects you to always cover for them, always expects you to be on their side instead of helping the boss. And our society is full of ungodly expectations. We don't have time to go into all those. And it's very difficult when we don't meet these expectations. But the only guilt and shame that has real eternal weight comes from God. And as I read at the beginning of our time, he has given us freedom from the guilt and shame of sin through his son, Jesus Christ. Healthy guilt and shame will always move you towards God and others. One final story. There's a little boy who was visiting his grandparents, and he was given his first slingshot. He practiced in the woods, and uh, though he practiced, he struggled. He could never hit his target. And so he came back to Grandma's backyard, and he spied out her pet duck. Oh, why did he do this? I don't know. And on impulse, he took aim, and he let fly, figuring, I'm not going to hit it anyway. And he actually hit the duck, and the duck died. The boy panicked. Desperately, he hid the dead duck in the woodpile, only to look up and see his sister watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. 
After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. Didn't you, Johnny? And she whispered whispered to him, remember the duck. So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go fishing. Grandma said, well, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help me make supper. And Sally smiled and said, that's all taken care of. Johnny wants to do it. And again, she whispered, remember the duck. Johnny stayed while Sally went fishing, and after several days of Johnny doing both his chores and Sally's, finally he couldn't stand it. He confessed to Grandma that he'd killed the duck. I know, Johnny, she said, giving him a hug. I was standing at the window and saw the whole thing. Because I love you, I forgave you. But I wondered how long you would let Sally make a slave of you. If you're facing a burden of guilt and shame, if you're wanting to hide and try to make like everything's okay, I want to remind you of Romans 8, 1, and the victory in that verse. Therefore, there is no condemnation. Let me read it over again. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You reside in this world with healthy and unhealthy expectations from people all around you. But you get to live in Christ. You may reside here, but you live in Christ. Put your life in Christ. Live in His grace. Live in His strength. Live in His victory. Trust in Him. And guilt and shame does not have to be a burden anymore. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Help us to be a people who live continually in Christ, not the expectations of others. And Lord, help us to navigate guilt and shame healthily, wanting restored relationships. Keep us from manipulating others with guilt. And Lord, help us to be a people who set others free from guilt and shame by sharing the good news of who Jesus is. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with Jesus.